why have I got a wardrobe full of clothes? But when I look in there, there's no nothing that calls out to me. I end up wearing the same few outfits on repeat. I look at how other people are dressing and I wonder why I don't look like them. And, and the, the answer really is, we're all beautifully different. Hello and welcome to the Medical Women Podcast, the podcast from the Medical Women's Federation, the largest body of women doctors in the UK. I'm Dr. Nathana Bayankaram, I'm the Vice President of MWF, and I have the honour and joy of being your host, as each week we hear from wonderful guests to help you feel more empowered and confident on your medical career journey. Just a quick announcement before we get into the episode. Our upcoming autumn conference is on the 18th of November in Nottingham. It's our first in-person conference since the pandemic began. So we're incredibly excited and we would love to see all of you there. I'll pop a link in the show notes for how you can register for the conference. Um, There are bursaries to apply for if you're a medical student or a junior doctor. We would absolutely love to see all of you there. The the conference organizing committee have done a fantastic job. They organized this conference initially for May 2020, and it has been postponed several times. So we're incredibly excited that we finally get to go and have this in-person conference. See you all on Friday, the 18th of November in Nottingham. Hello, it's Jenna here. You may know me as the editor of this podcast, but I'm also a medical student. So I have broken out of my editing suite to tell you all about a really important decision from the MWF Council. The Medical Women's Federation has always tried to keep student membership as low as possible. But with the cost of living crisis and the NHS bursary being what it is, the council made the decision to reduce it to the very lowest amount of £5, which essentially covers the cost of membership administration. Now, usually when people are offering things for £5, they compare it to the price of two coffees. And I don't know where people are getting their coffees, but I cannot get a flat white for less than £3 these days. So for the price of one and two thirds of a flat white, you can become part of an amazing network of medical women with wonderful opportunities, such as networking at the twice yearly conferences, getting involved with research projects, chances to enter competitions and workshops for members. I'm particularly excited about the Autumn Conference, the details for which you can find in the show notes uh, and on the MWF website. Basically, just Google MWF Autumn Conference and you'll be able to find the details for registration. Also available to both medical students and junior doctors is the Lady Estelle Wolfson Conference Bursary. So that's something that I will definitely be applying for. And one other really thoughtful detail from an MWF conference is that if you're like me and you're a little bit nervous, a little bit awkward going into a professional event by yourself, so you sort of end up hovering by the buffet and pretending to have something super important to attend to on your phone, then MWF offers a buddy system for first-time attendees. Nothana doesn't know it yet, but she's my buddy for the autumn conference. So all medical students, please do take advantage of this opportunity to join the MWF. My association with the MWF has been one of the most positive decisions I've made recently, um, and I highly, highly recommend joining. All right, enough of that. On with the show. Hello, everybody. I hope that you are all keeping well. Can you believe it's November already? this year just seems to be whizzing by and November is quite a busy month for the Medical Women's Federation. This Saturday we've just had our first park run 
So thank you so much to everybody for your very kind donations. We're uh, fundraising to raise money for the charity so that we can support more medical women in their careers. So thank you so much and watch this space because I'm sure we will be doing more park runs in the future. Um, now that I've got a little bit into running, I guess I'll just have to carry on. It's also quite a busy month because we've got uh, the first of our Royal Society of Medicine and MWF evenings where we're discussing women in leadership in the NHS. That's The first one is happening on Monday the 14th of November. There are still a few tickets available, so if you can make it, it's an in-person event and we'd absolutely love to see you there. I will put a link to that in the show notes. And on Friday the 18th of November... We've got our, uh, our autumn conference, which is very exciting because it's the first in-person conference since the pandemic began. And I'm really, really excited to get to see lots of people in person um, who I haven't seen for a few years, but also to get to welcome new members. It's I think it's really difficult to describe what the conferences are like unless you actually go to them. But it's such a a welcoming environment and there's always you know a range of medical women from different specialties different um, stages of their career but everybody's so encouraging and willing to support each other which is why I really love being a part of the organization so we would absolutely love to see you at the conference it's in Nottingham and again I'll put a link in the show notes um, there are still a few spaces available so if you can make it we would absolutely love to see you there. So this week's episode is with the lovely Helen Reynolds, who is a style consultant. And the reason that I wanted Helen to come on the podcast is because I've been having quite a few conversations with colleagues where we've been speaking about that feeling of just having loads of clothes and not really knowing what to wear and ending up just buying more things and them not really suiting us. And I'm mindful that, you know, we've got a responsibility to look after the environment in terms of um, the way that we consume things, but also with the cost of living crisis, it is affecting all of us. And so we are all being a bit more careful, I think, about what do we already have and do we really need to get new things? Um, and I think it is, you know, it is something where whether we like it or not, people do make judgments and assumptions about us based on what what we look like um, and the way we dress. and. And we might think, oh, well, when I look at people in leadership roles, they all seem to wear specific sorts of jackets. So I'll just go out and get a jacket like that. But it might not be our style at all and it might not suit us. And that's fine. You know, there isn't a specific set style. We are all unique, but this is something that we don't get taught at all. But it is something that really influences our career. And on this podcast, I'm all about having conversations that that we need to have that don't really happen elsewhere. So that's why I thought this this might be an episode that's a bit different, but also I hope really helpful for you. Helen shares lots of useful tips on how we might think about our style, how we might go about organizing and managing our wardrobe so that we feel less overwhelmed. We could just get ready in the morning, feel great and get on with the rest of our day without worrying about what we look like. And I found a really helpful conversation. She gave lots of tips um, and has also shared a video series with us, which I'll pop a link to in the show notes. So I hope you find this episode really helpful. As always, it's really helpful to get your feedback on the podcast. I've said it before, it's a bit of a strange system with a podcast because it's kind of one way. I 
have absolutely no idea who's listening to this, what they're doing at the time that they're listening, whether they're finding anything that I say remotely helpful or not. So it's always really helpful to get your feedback. And it's really, really important that we try and empower and support as many medical women as possible. That's why we're doing this. You know, I'm I'm recording this in the morning when I'm about to start night shifts and I need to go to sleep. Um, and the reason that I spend my, my free time in between shifts doing this podcast is because I really want to help as many medical women in their careers as possible. So if you do listen to the podcast and you find them helpful, I'd really, really appreciate it if you could take a couple of minutes to write a review either on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. I think it's mainly on Apple Podcasts where you can actually write something. I think on Spotify, you can still only give a few stars, but um, it makes such a difference because it means that then other people discover the podcast and we can reach and support even more medical women in their careers. So it's wonderful to have with me today, Helen Reynolds. Um, Hi, Helen. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to have you. And um, I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about you and your career. Yes, absolutely. So I have the massive privilege of my work being all about making women feel comfortable, confident and even fabulous in the clothes that they choose to wear. And I like to make it easy for them. Um, So dressing shouldn't be difficult, shouldn't be stressful, um, but I help them to understand, I don't like using the word rules, but I always end up using it anyway, a simple set of rules or guidelines maybe that help them to understand why certain clothes will almost always work and be worth investing in and why certain things that maybe they've enjoyed, that they've liked on somebody else or seen in a shop window or something, why those things might actually never work. And when you understand why that's the case, you can stop wasting your money on them, stop wasting your time and energy thinking about them and just focus in on the items, the colours, the shapes, the styles that are really going to, I call it love you back. Those clothes that love you back, that when you put them on, just feel like a second skin and you can stop thinking about clothes and carry on focusing on things that are a little bit more important than uh, than clothes. Lovely. Well, the reason that I um, was really keen to get Helen on the podcast is because I'd had a few conversations with um, medical women just about, you know, how do we develop our style? And you can kind of go to a talk and you'll see somebody presenting and they're wearing like a specific jacket and then or or just, you know, looking at the way they dress. And we think, oh, well, that's how I should dress if I want to look like my, like I'm a leader. And then we can end up, as you just said, buying those clothes because they suited that person but they really don't suit us so um that would be really helpful to to get your advice on that um yeah. I wonder if you can um kind of share with us what like what are the most common questions that you get asked because you must get asked all sorts of interesting questions it's funny because often um when my clients come to work with me they don't always know what their questions are it's basically what you've just said it's it's why am I why have I got a wardrobe full of clothes as most of us have but when I look in there, there's no nothing that calls out to me. I end up wearing the same few outfits on repeat that feels boring. I look at how other people are dressing and I wonder why I don't look like them. And, and the, the answer really is we're all beautifully different, you know. And when you really break it down, it's quite logical. It's quite it, it kind of makes sense that, at, of course, you wearing that dress or that jacket or that pair of shoes or that shape of trouser isn't necessarily going to make you look like that person because you aren't that person 
And although there are very specific reasons why certain colours or prints, and you're sitting there today in your fabulous grapefruit print um, cardi that just looks so amazing. And it's so, we were just chatting about it before we came on to record how on brand it is for you. Um, but you know, that I might sit here if I didn't do what I did, I might sit here and look at that and go, oh, that looks amazing. I'm going to go out and find myself a grapefruit printed cardigan. And then I might spend the money on it, put it on and just go, why do I look ridiculous in this grapefruit print? You know, it's just, we are different and we're physically different, but also who we are inside is different and how we want to be seen is different. But also the work that we do. And, you know, you were telling me that you work with children. So how fabulous, although you often have your scrubs on so people don't see the fabulous clothes you might think of putting on. But, it, you know, the, 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 you, you can express who you are, what you're here to do in the world through the clothes that you wear. But one of the main points I want to get across today isn't, and I will give some practical tips too, but it isn't necessarily about um, how you look. Because although that's what we think we want, that's not what we want. It's actually how we feel. And as I said at the start, I want women to be able to get up, get dressed, put the clothes on, look in the mirror, go, yeah, great. This is how I want to be today, who I want to be, how I want to feel, how I want to be seen. And then stop thinking about it. Do the work that you're there to do. Be who you are. Have fun. You know, make the difference you're here to make. And it's, it shouldn't matter what you look like unfortunately as we all know it kind of does seem to matter but it shouldn't matter I feel really strongly that it's about how you feel because I know that when you from past experience actually maybe we'll go into that maybe not today but I know from past experience before I did this work that on the days when I used to get up and get dressed and feel like I'd got a, you know I looked good I was a different person. I behaved differently in a corporate career that I was in. So those days when I put on a really great outfit, but I could see in the mirror, it didn't work. I didn't know why it didn't work. I just knew that I didn't feel like me in it. And on those days, I behaved very differently. And of course, that impacts how you're seen. So on the days I felt fabulous, I would bounce along, you know, being all confident and smiley and networking in the business and things. And people saw me, recognized me, remembered me. And on those days, I felt pretty rubbish about how I looked. And I was looking around me thinking everybody else got it, looked a bit try hard. Um, I was a smaller version of myself. And, and that's how people saw me. Or they wouldn't see me at all. They wouldn't remember they'd ever met me if I was networking. Because I was this smaller version. And we don't want to, you know, life's so precious. Let's be, let's get out there and dress in a way that makes us visible and confident and without it being complicated. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, you're right that it isn't about it, it's not about the clothes at all it is about how how we feel in those um mm. but at the same time it it does seem to matter what what we look like um so it's just balancing those things isn't it but I love the idea of just getting up wearing something feeling great and then you don't have to think about it for the rest of yes. the day rather than what, what what seems to happen quite a lot is well, certainly for me you open the wardrobe and you think oh, there's so many clothes here but I have absolutely no idea what to do with them which ones to wear um, well, I'll give you some tips then on what to do yes Would please that? Be really stuff. yeah so if you are listening to this and you know that you've got all these things that you've amassed over the years or it's a collection of clothes that don't particularly excite you um, and you still rely on the same default options 
then you do need to set aside some time if you're going to do this properly. But like anything, you know, if you don't put the time in, the effort in, nothing's going to change. So if you're listening to this, I really urge you to pop an hour, maybe two hours if you can find it in your diary on a weekend or on a day off. I know you're probably shift workers um, and maybe a rainy November day that you don't want to be outside and you think, right, I'm going to really invest some time in making myself feel better and making this easy and the first step I would say is get uh, don't get everything out of your wardrobe because when we try and do that then we end up wishing we hadn't started don't we and there's dust everywhere and piles of clothes everywhere and you wish you hadn't started so I would just open those wardrobe doors or um, open the drawers if you've got things in drawers and have a scan through and the first thing to do is pull out anything that isn't seasonally appropriate so anything like we're moving into autumn winter well we are in autumn well it still feels quite like summer at the moment the time of recording um but pull out anything that's high summer you know like your shorts your strappy tops anything that you just know you're not going to need to wear over the next for the next six months just get them out and if you possibly can pop them into um, storage whether that's under the bed on a box on wheels or those vacuum bags are brilliant I never remember what they're called but the ones where you stuff everything in and then pull, pull get suck the air out with your vacuum cleaner and they reduce down to such small piles so they really are hopefully easy to store somewhere else um so anything that's out of season get that out of the way for now anything that you know when you touch it doesn't fit you we don't need to be looking at clothes usually for my clients it's things that don't fit them so pull those things out as well and perhaps give those to charity um, or sell them even if you've got the time to organize that because when you're looking at a skirt or a pair of trousers or a dress or anything that you know doesn't fit you if you're looking at that each and every day just makes you feel really bad about yourself and it might be that the things are too big and that's the same sort of thing it's just a waste of space waste of energy what I want for you is that when you open your wardrobe everything that's in there is a viable option for you to wear at that period of time maybe not that day but that week that month it's something that you're likely to going to want to wear so what we want to do is just start reducing thinning out what's in there so you've got less stuff and the fewer clothes you have the more you have to wear it sounds counterintuitive but it's absolutely true so we take out the stuff that doesn't fit the stuff that's out of season. And then also, and any of you that are familiar with the Marie, Marie Kondo or Marie Kondo technique, where she says things should spark joy, um, go through each piece and just, t- just touch it. You don't need to get it out and put it on unless you want to, if you've got the time to, but just touch it. And does it spark joy? Or do you know that every time you put that jumper on, you're just too hot or it's too itchy or you're always pulling at it because it doesn't fit quite right? Take those things out too. You know whether you want to wear something or not um, or whether you never reach for it because it might be that something you're not reaching for it just because it needs repairing. A hem's come down or a button's loose or whatever. So get those things out and put them in a pile where you know you're going to put some time in your diary. You know you're going to get those things repaired or do it yourself. So get them using again. Now, the cost of living crisis means many of us aren't buying clothes, perhaps like we used to do. So we really do want to be shopping from our wardrobe and reminding ourselves of what we've got. And when you do this exercise, you really will find some gems, even if you don't believe me right now. But when you spend the time and you go through that wardrobe and remove those things that you're just never going to wear and you're left with those pieces that do fit, that do. I mean, spark joy might feel a bit ambitious, but they might not spark joy until you've learned how to wear them, which I'm going to come on to in a minute. But things that you know fit you and that could very well be part of an outfit. 
And some of those things will be quite basics, probably basic pieces that don't really excite you because they're not a lovely texture or a fabulous color or print. They're just really useful, basic pieces that allow the other things to be worn. You know, sometimes if you've got a fabulous skirt or a fabulous grapefruit print cardigan, you want something <laughs> fairly plain to go with it to allow that more elaborate piece to take center stage, if you like. Um, so, yeah, go through your wardrobe and just make sure that everything that's left is potentially a viable piece and then the next step and you can do this the same day if you've got the time and energy or you can book yourself in for another little time slot and then you're going to do what I call playing in your wardrobe and I love to do this even now with my own wardrobe just being inspired and finding new ways to wear things but you take one piece out so maybe it's a pair of trousers maybe it's a skirt and then you put it on and then you go through and you pull out five seven different tops to go with it and just try them. You might not think that they could possibly work. One of my services that I love to do with my clients is called a mix and match session. And that's when I go in. We will have done some work before this. So I already understand their style rules, etc. But we go in and I make at least three outfits with each key item. And in a three hour period, I can make 50 to 70 outfits usually. So it's, there's so wow. many possibilities. It's, it's quite incredible um, that you just don't know are sitting there until you try them. So try things on with different combinations. And when you find a combination that feels good, snap a photo on your phone because you won't remember it. You know, what I want is that in a month's time, when you've got to get up and get out of the house quickly, um, you're not standing there wondering what to wear and how do I wear this skirt? You can literally look at your phone and there's loads of free apps as well. And some actually I don't know if they're free or if they're very low cost, um, but where you can actually store your clothes and your outfits. You can, it takes a long time. I've given up on it personally, but some of my clients swear by it and they take a photograph of every item in their wardrobe. So if you're working from quite a small wardrobe, it's really worth doing photograph everything and then you can start dragging things across into actual outfits so when you wake up and you go right it's raining it's cold and I've got to be out all day and I've got quite a bit of walking to do you can look at your catalogue of outfits whether it's just photos saved in an album or um, on an app and know that you've got three viable options that you will feel good in that the footwear works and it's comfortable enough to walk around in so yeah it's about putting the effort and the time in to get experimental and if you find that really difficult, because you just can't see for yourself when you're looking in the mirror that this does work with this, you're just not sure, then you need to get inspired. And there's so many different ways because of the internet to get inspired. And I recommend things like um, looking at Pinterest, mm -hmm. which is free. And you can type into the search something like if you've got a pair of um knee length leather boots that you're not wearing particularly yet for example you can type in uh, casual outfits with leather knee knee high leather boots or something like that and then just hundreds of images come up and you can some of them will be like no I would never wear that ever but you can filter out the ones that you like and start saving them onto your own little Pinterest board you can search for things like outfits for women over 40 pear shape or whatever you however you feel or plus size or petite or whatever it is and just keep looking and every time you see an outfit combination that speaks to you for whatever reason you save it and then you can start seeing what have you got in your wardrobe that actually could pretty much replicate that kind of outfit without buying anything new or it might be you do need something new and it's a navy t-shirt you know it's some sometimes it's something really simple that will just help you to wear 
the other things that you've already got. That was a lot of information. I hope that made sense. Did that all make sense? It did. Yeah, that's really helpful. So first time, just scan through your wardrobe, see what's there, take out things that don't fit anymore or that you don't want to wear anymore because they don't spark joy or they just make you feel a bit mm. and then things that are out of season so I think that that is really helpful you spoke there about um yes thinning it out so that you have actually got pieces that you will wear you mentioned there sort of if somebody's pear-shaped or you know particular size and things and I think sometimes we don't really know what kind of things do suit us how do we start working out what what might suit us yeah well there's the way i work i i believe there's four key elements to understand about yourself if you're to find the perfect dress jacket trousers whatever and they are first of all color so it's wearing colors that truly light you up that make your skin more glowy make your eyes more um bright um, basically for a lot of people, when you wear colors that are good for you, it's like someone switched the light on and everything's up and on. And when you wear colors that really aren't good for you, everything it's like the lights have gone off and everything's a bit down and tired. And for me, it's baggy face, baggy eyes and all of that. Um, so when you know what your colors are that really suit you and the process for doing that is called a color analysis session. That's something I, I offer as part of a bigger, um, package but lots of image consultants just sell color analysis as a standalone service so it is accessible and lots of us are doing it online these days as well now um so that's a great starting point but if that's not something you can do right now it's about noticing when do you look in the mirror and feel bright and switched on when do you look at a photograph of yourself and go oh quite like that photo often it's because of the color that you've got near your face that's lighting you up So that's the first element of style. It's either finding that out by booking in for a colour analysis appointment or it's starting to really notice what is it? Is it brightness in a colour? Is it softness in a colour? Is it warmth? Is it coolness? Is it deep, strong colours? Is it lighter colours? What is it that you tend to wear that you always feel good in? And that's based on your natural colouring. Um, the second element of style is um, dressing for you. It doesn't really matter what order, but dressing for your body shape. So that is the pear, rectangle, hourglass. What's your shape? And that can get quite complicated. But there's something that I teach that's, I think, really simplifies things that might help your listeners. So this is noticing whether you're forget your flesh, we're thinking about your bone structure, so the shape of your skeleton, if you like. So whether the shape of your skeleton is straighter or more curved. And the way you would know this is straighter figure types tend to have a straightness to the shoulder line, a straightness to their torso or their waist, really. They don't really go in at the waist. And again, this is any size. It's whether you're very, very slim or bigger. It's just that you don't particularly go in at the waist. And they tend to have slimmer hips. So that's a straight figure type. And if you have that figure type, you will probably notice that when you wear straight lines in your outfit or your prints or even your jewellery, it feels better. So I have a straight figure type and I notice that V-necks, I'm doing this as if you can all see me, who knows if you can or not, um, but V-necks suit me much more than a round neck, for example. And if I'm looking at a jacket, I want one with straighter seams, not curved seams to allow for a waist. 
And then if you have a curved figure type, your shoulders might be a little bit more slopey. You will have a definite waist and you will co so come in at the waist and then out at the hips. And your skeleton is, is made up of more curved lines. And if that's you, you will find that, probably find that rounded necklines, rounded prints like you're wearing today, things like that will flatter the shape of your bone structure. And what happens when you follow this is it, it creates flow in your outfits. So we want from your sort of your chin or your shoulders down to the tip of your toe, we want your outfit to flow for it to make sense. And simple things like that, dress, finding clothes that are the same you know, if you if you imagine how the pattern was cut out for the for the garment when you're looking at a piece of clothing, you if you're straight, you want something that generally has straighter lines. And if you have that curved figure type, then you want clothes that if you know bird's eye view, they look they let the, the waistband is smaller, there's space for your hips and thighs, because different brands will cut for different shapes. And that makes that really much simpler to understand. So that's color, shape. The third element of style is something that for me, when I learned it for myself, was such a massive eye opener. Um, and this is clothing style. So this is the looks that love you back. The looks that make sense to you, that excite you, that when you wear them, they just feel like you, not like you're trying to be something else, they're just right for you. And this will determine the textures, the types of prints or not. Some people genuinely don't suit prints, the way to accessorize, even the way to do your makeup that's right for you. And the four different styles, just to give you a, I'm not gonna go into too much detail, just to give you an overview. Um, one of them is classic, which is very clean lines, neutral colors, um, very elegant on the right person, simple but elegant, fuss free. The second one is dramatic, and that's things that are a bit more exciting, maybe bold prints, bold use of colour, statement jewellery, unusual cuts, um, lovely sumptuous textures. The third one is um, girly, and this is a really feminine, maybe it's ethereal, maybe it's romantic, but it might be lace trims, little puff sleeves, delicate details, floral prints, that kind of thing, a really soft look, soft and pretty. And then the fourth one is the natural style. This is the one we'd all wish to be, but we're not all natural. And this is a really comfortable, casual, um, practical look where everything feels lovely against the skin, like a lovely hug. Like a dramatic, for example, would wear, would consider wearing a jumper that was a little bit itchy because it looks fabulous or a shoe that was a little bit pinchy, but it looks fabulous and makes them feel amazing. Whereas a natural wouldn't think of it. A natural needs to be able to run for the bus, get down on the floor and play with the kids. Um, but the difference is some people really, really suit that look. So they wouldn't bother with makeup. They don't really need to do their hair. It's just wash and go. And they genuinely look their best like that. And these are the people that when they get invited to an important business meeting or a talk or to deliver a talk or have to go to a wedding, they're like, oh, I hate dressing up. I feel like I'm, you know, putting my mum's clothes on when I was a child, when I have to be smart. There are ways to do it, thankfully, but it's more difficult for them. And the classics or the dramatics are the ones that find it really difficult to go camping, for example, and not have access <laughs> to all of the makeup and the skincare and the tongs or the straighteners. And, you know, they want to be more um, more dressed up, I suppose. 
So what I do with my clients, so that's only three, I've got one more to tell you. What I do with my clients is help them to understand what their unique mix of those styles. So usually people will suit two or three probably, but in different proportions. So there'll be one style that they can perhaps take from head to toe and something else that they can only do a little bit of in one outfit. Otherwise it's too much and it ruins the outfit. And often there's one, sometimes two, that's absolutely not right for them. And actually it's great to be given permission to stop trying. So for me, that's the girly style. I can't do lace. I can't do floral prints unless they're really big. Um, it just makes me feel almost masculine when I try and be more feminine in my clothes. And it was something I used to try and try and try to do before I learned my style. Um, and it, it was such a relief to see, to just stop doing it. Like admire it on other people, but I need a stronger look than that. So it's a real eye opener. And then the last, the fourth element of style is something called scale. And this determines the size of accessories, the size of prints, the size of detail on your clothing, basically, that works best for you. And it's partly to do with your size, but it's also massively impacted by your clothing style. So if you're very classic or girly in your style, you probably want things or suit things that are a bit smaller and neater. And if you're more dramatic or natural, you can take bigger scale pieces jewelry accessories handbags prints etc and it just it just goes with you better rather than being a distraction or making you look bigger or making you look fussy sometimes if things are too little it can just be too much um, and sometimes when prints are too big for you it could just overwhelm and that's all we can see is the print and we can't see you coming forward from that outfit so those are the four that's a whistle stop tour of the four elements of style but also just by describing that hopefully it makes people see that's why you might be struggling because we don't get taught this. You know, we're just left to either find this out for ourselves or not. And when you know it and you know it for sure, you stop all of that guesswork. It's easier to get rid of those pieces out of your wardrobe that for whatever reason you're not wearing, you can start putting your finger on why you're not wearing them. The print's wrong or the color's not flattering for me or the shape's never going to work for the way my body is. And you stop wasting money in the future on pieces that are calling to you, but actually they're not right for you. You know, it's, it's about finding your footprint, if you like. What's your blueprint is what I'm trying to say, your blueprint for a way of dressing that will always work for you every time. Yeah, thank you for that whistle stop tour because it is really helpful. And as you say, we don't ever get taught this stuff, which is why um, I wanted us to, to cover it on the podcast. I was having a conversation with a colleague recently where I was saying, you know, I, she's a bit senior to me and I was saying, I really like the way that you like, you dress, you always look really like well put together. And we were just chatting about, about style, but it's also so personal that we don't often talk about it because we feel like, oh, I don't want to be judged for this or yeah. um, it's it it something happen. that's really personal. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so we don't always talk about it. When you were talking about shape, I was trying to work out what's my bone structure like. Have, yeah. I, have I got a waist on it, which I think I have? Um, I've never thought of myself as curvy until until uh, you said it there. So you've well, made my day with that. Think, yeah, people tend to think curvy means plus size. And on a lot of brands and websites, it does mean plus size. But the way I'm teaching it is just about the shape of your bones. Um, and in fact, I do have a free video series because that was a really that was a lot of information. I have a free video series that perhaps I'll share a link to with you at the end. But be where I break down each of those elements of style, I have a short video over five days that covers everything that I've just shared there. But in more detail, it might be a bit easier to understand when you've actually watched a video. 
<laughs> no, that would be really helpful. We'll definitely include that that link in the show notes. Right. Oh, there's just so much that I could ask you about, Helen. You, you were speaking there about doing that color analysis. So is that like, do you do it virtually and then people kind of try on different things of different colors so you can see yeah, what well, it looks like? Not quite. So basically okay. before lockdown, I only ever did it in person and then lockdown forced me online and I, real, I realized actually it's perfectly possible to do this work online. Um, and what, what I have is a set of uh, digital drapes. So in person, Somebody would come. I'm in West Sussex. So it's not always practical for people to come to me. And as I say, I don't offer it as a standalone. I do it as a much bigger service now, a bigger package that covers everything. Um, but I sit somebody in front of a mirror with a white cape on. And we, if they if they have colour in their hair, artificial colour in their hair, I put a cap over the hair as well because I just want to work with the raw ingredients, you know, the real colour of your skin, the true colour of your eyes. And I need to know what your natural hair colour has been. Um, and I have some physical drapes, the pieces of material that are all precision dyed to uh, what we call the color analysis seasons. So you might come away as a spring, a summer, an autumn or a winter. And that just means the, the it's a grouping of colors that have the same qualities as each other. So some people suit bright colors, as I said earlier, some people it's warm, some people it's cool. But by process of elimination, we work out what the palette of colors is that really loves them back. And in a one-to-one, um, in a face-to-face consultation, I send my clients away with a fabric swatch with examples of their color, their colors, so they can always pick them out for themselves. Um, what was I going to say on that note? There was something else that was important, which I've now forgotten. Typically, it'll come That's back. That's fine. To me. It'll come back. <laughs> and then I do an online version now, where I ask for specific photographs to be sent in in advance and makeup free, and again hair covered if it's coloured. And um, and then I use my digital drapes. So I do this without the client in front of me. I work out, put all the colors on, work out what works and what doesn't. And it's not about do you suit red, blue, yellow, green, orange. It's about if you want to wear red, what's, what sort of red? Because we all know reds come in so many different mm-hmm. shades. What's your, what's your type of red that's best? Um, and then I send them a digital palette and then we we come online and we talk about, you know, all because we I do body shapes and styles and everything all in one session. So we I ask for the colour fo- the photographs for the colour analysis and then specific questions about your height and your dress size and your proportions and what you like and what you don't like. So we get all of this information in advance and then we come on Zoom together and I talk you through and show you all of your different options. That's fascinating. I feel like, yeah, this is this is all things that I need to add to my list of things that I would like to do because it was, <laughs> as you say, it would just be so helpful to do it. And then you know that these are the colours and these are the styles and then you don't have to think about it rather than trial and error of oh, exactly. bought this thing and it doesn't suit me. And if you've been doing that, as most of my clients have for most of their lives, and then you learn it, you just go, why didn't I do this 10 years ago? Because I've got the rest of my life to use this information I should also say I have that's what I just described is my one-to-one private services I also run a supported um, online course I'll be running it again early next year um, February I think Um, and that's when I take a group of women through this process together on online so that's a nice accessible way to do it as well okay amazing great we can pop um, links into into the show notes 
This has been fascinating, Helen, and such a helpful little stop tour. I know I asked you to sort of cram quite a lot into, into the podcast episode. So um, definitely that video series sounds like it'll be um, really, really helpful. So we'll definitely put a link for, for listeners. I've just got a few quick fire questions for okay. you now, if that's okay. Um, so the first one is, is there um, anything you know now that you wish you had known earlier on in your career? Mm, yes loads of things <laughs> so I've been doing this for 13 years now and very much in the first few years you probably want a really quick answer I'm going to say um to get no no it's fine you don't have to give a right answer can... gonna... okay so the first few years of my business it was very much a hobby business I was finding my feet I was practicing what I'd learned in all of my training and um trying to do it all you know I went into this work wanting to help women with their clothes and style and shopping and things and then very quickly realized I needed to be an expert marketer, a salesperson. Um, I needed to be able to do my own finances. Um, I needed to be able to do technical stuff, you know, if I was going to get visible and do videos and all of that and email people and write a blog. You know, I wanted to do it all and I was trying to do it all. And it was overwhelming and frustrating at times, particularly the tech stuff. And I took each time I've taken on a different level of support in terms of mentors or um, VAs, you know, virtual assistants. I now have a business manager. Each time I've done it, I've had to do it before I could really afford it because I just thought something has to change. And I, each time I've done it over the 13 years, um, it's I've never made a mistake in terms of wishing I hadn't got the help. And I now work with this brilliant business manager who almost does everything behind the scenes. So I really am pretty much now doing the work that I set out to do rather than all of the fiddly bits that I don't, I'm not good at, and I don't want to do. So getting support was the best, something I wish I'd done sooner. That's really helpful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I love asking about books. Um, I can stop buying your clothes, but I find it really difficult to not buy new books. So um, is there a book that you, or one or two books um, that you would really recommend for others? Oh my God, I won't be able to and they can They can be about anything. I'm going to look at my Instagram to remind me of her name, but I've just read the most incredible book for anybody who um, has a, had a lifelong battle with their body and how they feel. And I didn't think I particularly did. Sorry, I'm looking up this woman's name. As no, no, that's fine. I think she's called Alex, that's it, Alex Light. And I can't remember what her book's called, but it's something about, anyway, look up Alex Light. She's on Instagram. She's written this fabulous book. It's new out. And it basically, I didn't think, my husband bought it for my birthday. I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but actually it unpicks all of the, um reasons why we think our body should be a certain way so if you've got any body image issues it's incredible um and how wrong it is and how we all have a set weight anyway and if, you know it doesn't matter how many diets you do you can lose the weight but you're very your body will then fight to get back to its set weight and that's why often diets fail it's fascinating but it's more about getting into your head this lady did have an eating disorder and I, as I say I didn't think I really needed to read it and I read it and thought god I actually do without even it being a massive problem I have always thought that's good food that's bad food I should I should I'll be good on a Monday because I've had a big weekend it's just it just I can't think of the word just dispels all of those myths about the conditioning particularly as women that we've grown up with it's definitely worth a read. 
Okay, wonderful. No, that's fine. Don't worry. I'll find I'll find the link. Yeah, yeah. We'll put it, we'll put it in the show notes. But no, that sounds that sounds like a really good read because I guess we've all picked up things from just society of what yeah. we think about food and our bodies. Yeah. Um so that sounds like a a really um important read and also very relevant to what we've been speaking yes. about, about today acceptance. as well. Acceptance that all shapes and sizes are beautiful, you know. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Is there any advice that you've ever been given that's been really helpful that you would want to share with listeners? Oh, goodness, probably so, so much. Um, Actually, I got some great advice from a business mentor maybe last year, um, a lady called Kate Wolf, who I don't know, she's probably in the commu- some of the communities that we um, cross over in. And she, um, I had a VIP day with her. And she got me to really thinking about, um, this is business advice, really, if that's relevant. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. She got me to thinking about um, who do I really love to work with and get the best results with. And she helped me to shape my marketing in a way that I was able to talk to those women without neglecting anyone else you know I'm still available for all women really but to get my marketing message so so precise that the people I really want to hear it are now hearing it much more and as a result of that my business again has shot up in terms of the financials but also what I care about most is that I'm busier which means I'm helping more women and each time I help somebody and I get to see that transformation and the transformation, of course, it's physical. But what I love is what the, the effect of that physical transformation and how it's affected their confidence and their life and their happiness um, is just honestly the best feeling ever. So, yeah, it's again, it comes from getting advice from some from you know, getting somebody to help me to see the things I wasn't really seeing about the way I run my business. And it was that that niche messaging. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, And my last quick fire question is a question that I'm borrowing from a group of children and young people who work with the Royal College of Pediatrics. So they asked this question when they were interviewing people for the role of president at the college, and I thought it was the best question. So they very (laughs) kindly said I could borrow it. Um, And the question is, if you were a type of biscuit, what type of biscuit would you be? And why? Wow. What type would I be? I know I we're that... recording this on a Monday morning, but it's fine. Yeah. We can talk about biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had a biscuit yet today. Um, I think I'd be something nutty. Um, maybe that's because I'm nutty. I don't know at times. But I, um, my choice of biscuit would always be something with nuts in. And I just think that's probably conditioning again, that if you're having something sweet, you should have it with some protein. And that's that's the right thing. Um, but I have been obsessed with peanut butter, basically since I was about three years old and I went to play down the street with a little boy who lived down the street and I came home clutching a jar of peanut butter. It was the first time I'd ever tasted it and they didn't like it. Brought it home to my mum. I've pretty much had peanut butter every day since. So my choice, <laughs> if I was a biscuit, I think there's peanut butter running through my veins. Uh, it would be something nutty. Oh, well, that sounds delicious. Well, <laughs> Helen, thank you ever so much for coming on the podcast. It's been really lovely getting to talk to you and and hear your tips. And I will be setting aside some time in my wardrobe to, to look through my clothes and feel a bit less overwhelmed. But... Great stuff. And try and enjoy it while you're doing it. You know, just, you know, don't take it too seriously and go with what feels right for you. And thank you for having me. It's been really fun to talk about my favourite subject. 